Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Steve the Pirate, to my Peter LaFleur. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm fine, Nathan. All right, and uh, joining us, as always, our white Goodman, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, I heard you crushed up a donut one time and just smelled it. Is that he, true? He, you know what? That's what I would do. That's what I would do. <laughs> you know what? We're kind of spoiling our movie for movie club, but I, I don't want to hear those now. characters. Yeah, it wasn't a spoiler. Because most people didn't know who the two characters that Nathan said were. Yeah, they weren't going to figure it out till later. It was like an Easter egg. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, let's Spoilers. head over to to Seahawks news for the week. You guys ready for this? They revealed the Seahawks Madden 19 player ratings. I love this. It's always dumb. Um, and uh, Eric, did you have a chance to look at them yet? No, but I want to know what Seahawk was mad. Okay, give me give now nah, that 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 I haven't seen much of that yet. I haven't seen it's any coming. Like, tweets about no, it. It's coming. But uh. The highest overall rating, Bobby Wagner got a 97. Not Most surprised. Highest speed, Marcus Johnson and Tyler Lockett both got 93s. Mm. Wait, our, let me guess, let me guess. Uh, Bobby Wagner got the highest rating, but he wasn't the highest linebacker. Uh, I don't know, 97 is really high. Uh, I bet you the Great White Hope got 99. Uh, highest strength rating, Jordan Roos got a 94 in strength. Uh, really? Big Papa Pump, they did a Roos. They did a video um, where the siblings, uh, the Griffin brothers, they had like a thing like, which one will get a better speed rating? In uh, in Madden kind of thing, and they had them. I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. They they, they were like they were like talking a lot of trash. To Do you each think other. they got an "It's in the game, it's in the game" segment? I I bet they did. All right, Eric, who's the Seahawks player you want to know their uh, their rating? Oh, Russ Wilson, man. Russell Wilson this year. Um, he pulled off the overall ninety-two. Oh, I thought it'd be higher. That's dumb. Um, yep, that's low. Uh, we only have five players ninety or over, and one of them is Cam Chancellor. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Uh, the lowest rated Seahawk, as far as I can tell, if I'm scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling Somehow down. Somehow Blair Walsh. Uh, it's loading, it's loading. Somehow uh, Tyler Ott got out. a 47. Uh, that's our long snapper. How about the lowest ranked person that you think people actually like care about? The like people, someone that might actually make the team. Yeah. Uh, Austin Davis got a 64. Um, David Moore and Marcus Johnson got 65s. M- Mike Tyson got a 66. Still waiting. Uh, like, okay, <laughs> uh, George Fant got a 68. There we go. Um, it's accurate. Who, here, I'm going to find someone I'm like just going to strongly disagree with them on. Uh, I should have done this before the podcast started. Ooh, Nick Vanette was uh, Quim sadly. Got a, Quim got a 72, which is nice. All right, anyway, this is boring. Let's get out of here. Uh, they revealed the Seahawks Madden ratings. You can look them up on the Madden website if you want. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the off season. You probably don't want, but maybe you're that desperate, that you're so desperate. Uh, the... The other big news of the week was... Brandon Browner might have screwed up his whole life. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the people posted Cam Chancellor gifts all week. So, NFL news. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was really grim this week for, for Seahawks news. Um, Russ Whistlin and Sierra did the In My Feelings Challenge, Kevin. Do you know what that is? So, NFL news. <laughs> Eric, do you know what the In My Feelings Challenge no, is? No, but I kind of... I'm curious now. I mean, we're here. It's the uh, off season. Let's go. One of us. It's like a it's like a dance thing where you like. You oh, okay. Like I'm do, out. You like off season. Dance. NFL news. NFL um, news. Quick. You make a video of yourself doing. What like, the Bills do this week? Uh, I know what McCoy did. I know. Then, okay, so so let's get in. Oh, sorry. Allegedly did. Let's get into NFL news then. NFL actually had kind of an a, an interesting week in NFL news. Uh, we've got NFLPA. Let's start grievance. with the, You want the dessert or the veggies? Uh, you know what? Give me dessert. Screw dessert. All right, Marquise Goodwin. It was really cool. It was on Instagram. He bought a house for his like disabled sister. Yeah, it was um, cool. and they like blindfolded him and like revealed the blindfold and they had a house for them. And they got like it was lots of tears, you know, and stuff. Do you like stuff like that, Eric? It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I love it. More dessert. Yeah. Jay yeah. Cutler <laughs> said, "I'm not looking really looking to do a lot of work right now. I'm looking to do the exact opposite of that." And teams are still interested in I think him. Dolphins fans would say that that's what happened last year, too. That is so ridiculous. This man is still coveted by three teams. You want more, you want more like, sorority stories that'll make you happy? Yeah, one uh, more. Arizona Cardinals GM Steve Kime got a DUI. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, ah, I don't want to laugh, because, you know, God forbid it happened to one of my local sports heroes. But <laughs> All right, um, Bills, uh, LaShawn McCoy. This is the veg, the veggies. Here it's we like go. the cauliflower. He uh, he was accused of some uh, some some serious serious stuff. 
basically, like everything that you could get suspended for all at once. In order, uh, beating his dog, beating his girlfriend, beating his kid, and using performance-enhancing drugs. The NFL is very serious about one of those things. Yeah. Um, so that, yep, that, that was a, that's like, the, that story kind of took over NFL uh, news for this week. Oh, there's another interesting one. I think it's uh, an interesting roster building concept. All right, go for so it. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are in 2018 are spending 120.8 million dollars of their cap on defensive players. No other team is over 100 million dollars on defense. What do you guys think about that particular roster building decision? Really well, quick, what is the what's the I, overall cap I was, number? I was very 170. Very down high? on the Jaguars because I hate their offense, so I'm against it. I guess I just think. Their offense looks horrible. They're spending functionally. They're spending over two thirds of their cap on their defense, and most of their offensive cap is wrapped up in one guy. He's only getting thirteen this year. Favorite guy. Well, thirteen out of fifty is pretty big, though. Isn't he? I thought he was getting eighteen, Kevin. I thought he was getting thirteen. I'll look it up while. Eric I'll say talks. this right now about the Jaguars. Of course, they're spending that. That's all they have. I mean, they let a receiver walk. They let two receivers walk this year. Blake Bortles is eating up. You have auxiliary players that you must pay. This team's going all in on their defense, and they're counting on improving outside of their terrible division. They're, the, they're counting on getting better in the playoffs. Was, I don't 18 get million it. average salary, but only 10 this year. But you can't cut them because it's almost all guaranteed. Good, yeah. good on, good on you. Bortles is going to get like 26 million in two years. Yep. <sighs> it's a really bad contract. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey man, uh, that that just means that team is you know they better enjoy what they okay, got. Okay, let's go. Let's dig deep on this. I just don't think that if you're gonna invest, you if you're gonna have a quarterback like Blake Bortles, you better be paying him next to no money. That's that's my thing. Is that you got to have a good offensive line and a really good wide receivers and like really good everything else to make up for the fact that you're rolling Blake Bortles out there. Like here's the I, thing: what's Case Keenum making? Right, Case Keenum is, is significantly better than Blake Bortles. What do we talk about every year, though? There's that that scared we're going to lose out on the next big quarterback. Their left tackle is Cam Robinson, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, not more. not every <laughs> team has a Russell Wilson or a Aaron Rodgers. They they were gun shy and they were they just went all in on a bad quarterback. Well, no, what happened was they set themselves up in a situation where they were vulnerable, and then they. Uh, Bortles got a contract Bortles guaranteed got hurt, by injury. So his contract got guaranteed by injury. They the dumb played themselves, kid. The dumb played themselves. It was like the opposite of what happened with Andrew Luck. Well, welcome to the Bortles Hate Podcast, where Nathan hates Bortles. Uh, no, but sit, let's get back to business, okay, guys? We have a, a division we want to talk about today, right? Well, a division we're going to talk the about. NFC least. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, this is the, the division that uh, last year set the w- world on fire, won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were the talk of the town. The toast, the number three player in the NFL plays for the Eagles, guys. That's Carson Wentz. So let's get get right into it with the Eagles. The Eagles last year were thirteen and three. They. I thought Carson Wentz's number was eleven. What? Is he number eleven? Uh, no, Jalen Ramsey had that tweet. Remember that? Year? It was like he got third. Dick Foles played the whole rest of the season and won the Super Bowl. Shouldn't that have taken away from his rating? Oh, his rating. I thought you meant his jersey number. I just no. couldn't believe that he was three. No, no, no. He's oh. three. His, he got. Because I'm looking at our lads and the, he's 11. The NFL players voted him the third best player in the league. Anyway, the Eagles added This Hel- is why wow. you should not source things to votes. The Eagles added Haloti Nagata, only Eagles Michael players? Bennett, Mike Wallace, Corey Nelson, and Richard Rodgers. They lost Bo Allen. Trey Burton, Patrick Robinson, Michael Kendricks, and Vinnie Curry. They drafted Dallas Godert, Avante Maddox, and Josh Sweat. Kevin, it seems like the Eagles reloaded for another run at the title. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they lost Curry on the defensive line, but they kept everybody else and added a little bit. Uh, we were talking about it before the podcast. They're about 9 or 10 deep on really high-quality defensive players. and I just, think in the, draft- just in the D-line. I'm yeah. not even including like, the fact that they got like – like I think Ronald Darby's decent. And yeah, the defensive backs have gotten better. Uh, their linebackers have gotten weaker, but I mean, you can't pay every position group a billion dollars. So they made it. They made a decision. Yeah, they were like, we're gonna have to go with. We're gonna have to roll with uh, Jordan Hicks and Nathan Gary or Jerry. Jerry, I don't know. <laughs> I also like the fact that they, with their draft picks, because their roster's in such a good position right now, they kind of took some high upside grabs. Like Josh Sweat is a player that has a lot of has a lot of ability, but never really put it together in college. Avante Maddox is a guy who tested better than he played. Um, Dallas Goddard is a guy who played in D two and has a chance of being a lot like Trey Burton. So because the 
top end of their roster is really well set and they already had some depth they're able to take a shot at some guys that might be busts but might be like much better value than the pick that they took them with Eric, so i think that was really smart do you feel do you feel good about the eagles yeah i mean i'm looking at the whole division so i feel good about the eagles in that way we'll go through the rest of the teams here but like Kevin said, I mean, this defense is good. They reloaded. This defensive line is incredible. Adding Michael Bennett to that team that was already really good on the D-line, it's just it, – it hurts because we don't have Michael Bennett anymore. But also, man, they're going to they're gonna rush a lot, and it's going to seem easy for them. I will say this. They were very close to losing to the Saints in the playoffs last year. Uh, they were – I'm sorry, the Saints almost overtook them. They were very close to losing to the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings got better. I feel like the Saints, if anything, didn't lose any ground. You also have uh, the L.A. Rams, unfortunately, that are you know going to be challenged for that top spot. I don't think it's going to be that uh, that serendipitous season for the Eagles this year. Like last year, it looked a lot like the Seahawks Super Bowl season. Everything came together at the right time, uh, except for the Seahawks beat them. Yeah, I feel like this is an easy walk for them in the regular season. Yeah, my my big thing for the Eagles is that I really really think that this this team got better in but they made their big move at the end of last season, which was to get Jay Ajayi. And so at that point, like they really upgraded running back, they solidified that running back game. Uh, Jay Ajayi I think is, is a really good football player that kind of wind his way out of Miami. Well, uh, I think he he had some fit in Miami. And he really found his groove with the Eagles. They use him correctly. They use him in his PowerPoints. Also, let's let's. I mean, we kind of made fun of Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz is a fine quarterback, and I believe he'll probably get better. Uh, I, I don't think he's I, a. Another thing to consider, Eric, too, is that they're that last year they were weak. Their weakest position was cornerback, and they get Sidney Jones back too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they, Darby was hurt for a lot of last year. Yeah. So the, I think that I think they're going to be a, a significantly better. Like they're they're going to be better even if these guys that they added don't work out. They still have a chance to get a lot better just from like late season ads and guys are getting back from injury. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of this roster. I have the Eagles at twelve and four, um, and number one overall Eastern E eight Eastern NFC seed. NFC East <laughs> NFC seed. Uh, Kevin, where do you have the Eagles? Uh, so I think this could be one of those times where the team is better, and like I think. Carson Wentz kind of encapsulates what this is going to be. I think Carson Wentz is going to take a step forward as a quarterback, but I think his numbers won't necessarily show that because the luck factor was so high last year. All the good breaks went towards him. So I think that the team is going to be better, but I'm going to put him at 11-5. and five. It's hard to put a team projected above 12 wins. I'm going to go 11-5, number one in the East. First place schedule is really hard, too. Yep. Uh, I have this team at 12-4 and four also, Nathan. The one thing that I have, I think they have over the other teams in this division is they don't have to worry about chemistry, like building that roster. Uh, there's there's not too many new additions that are going to be roster changers. And Dougie Peterson's got some marbles. Yeah, he, and he's, he's just got like a really good coach, right? He really has like he really has put his team. He knows how to put his team in a position to win. Like he's he's not trying to fit square pegs into round holes. He's building the system based on what his personnel and not the other way around, which I think is really smart. Yeah, Mark of a good coach. Um. So yeah. Um, all right. Take a look at Dallas. Let's go to Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys last year were nine and seven. They added Tavon Austin, Alan Hearns, Cameron Fleming, Coney Ely, and Deontay Thompson. They lost Anthony Hitchens, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Alfred Morris, and Benson Mayo Mayo Mayo. Can't do it. Late, they drafted Leighton <laughs> Vander Esch, Connor Williams, and Michael Gallup. Start with Eric this time. Eric, how about Dem Cowboys? Ooh, Ezekiel Elliott is a very fine running back. This offensive line is still a good offensive line. However. Uh, my friends in this room, uh, namely Nathan and Kevin, uh, like to point out that Dak Prescott was really not a very good quarterback last year, and maybe someone shouldn't have overpaid for him in their fantasy draft. But I feel like this team, with the loss of Des Bryant and the overall cowboyness of this roster, if if I can say, you know, it's a Jerry Jones built team, I think their window is closed. I think they're going to continue to be competitive as the Cowboys always are, but this will be a down year for the boys. 
Thank the Lord. This is a team that needs some guys that were not very awesome last year to really step up and be good. They need their offensive line to to re be, to become the dominant offensive line it was in Dak's rookie season. They need Taco Charlton to really step up and be the pass rusher that they expected when they drafted him in the first round. If those things don't happen, then the, this secondary is is not exciting. Let me ask you this, Nathan. Outside of what you said about Taco Charlton, because we don't really know what he's going to do. He could be fabulous. I don't think the defense is going to hinge on him. How often does that happen? We really need blank to step up to that next level. We need this team, I all mean, those people. I thought that, Taco Charlton was pretty good coming out of the draft, so I mean, it could happen, but yeah, it's... But I don't want to put it on him, but like the, the offensive line, do the you thing, really see this offensive line going back to two years ago? The thing about this defense is it's dangerous because they have no safety. <laughs> That's the thing. Ha, 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 get it? I get uh, it. Because Byron Jones, Chidobe Awuzie, and Jordan Lewis are all like... Functional. Functional to above average corners. But their safety play sucks. And and the thing is, is that you can cover that you can cover that up with you can cover that up with good pass rush. So so they can if they can get a really good pass rush out of like Charlton, Demarcus Lawrence is going to be good. And if Charlton and Coney Ely can provide you know ten to twelve sacks on the other side, I don't know. I don't see any reason like the team couldn't be good. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, they need two of Coney Ely, Taco Charlton, or their fourth round pick, Dorrance Armstrong. Two of those three players need to step up and be functional pass rushers if they're going to have a real chance at being above average on defense. The Vander Ash pick was really nice. Uh, don't sleep on the fact that Jalen Smith, this will be his first truly healthy season, and he's a really interesting player. I think he's going to be uh, a notable player on that team. It makes it so when Sean Lee inevitably goes out for six games, it's not going to hurt Sad. as bad as it normally would. Their linebacking core is really good. Vander Ash... Smith and Lee, like if they stay healthy, that's a really good. Three. Connor Williams, I think, is a great replacement for Leary, who they never really replaced when he went to Denver. And I like the fact they brought in Fleming, so that there's a bit of a floor if Lyle Collins can't put it together at right tackle. Kevin, when you said functional pass rushing from two of those three players, define that. Are we talking five sacks apiece? Are we talking? Uh, if all those guys got five sacks, that'd be fifteen sacks. Two out of the three. Two out of three. Ten. Uh, two out of three. Are, I you, are you thinking between more? Between six and eight sacks each. Um, That's asking a lot, man. More specifically, it's about pressures. Okay. Uh, are they getting consistent pressures? Because pressures don't always lead to sacks, you know. No, but they get they but lead if one interceptions. Of them gets eight and, and one of them gets like five or six. And if uh, Lawrence has the season that we think that he should following up his last good season, I mean, yeah, that's a functional pass rush. I mean, like last season, Char- Charlton got three. You yeah, know, and like, Con- and they can't do that again. And Coney Ely, Coney Ely had like f- one. So like, if they, if it, if you know, it could be really ugly because their offense is not lights out. Alan Hearns is a number two. Cole Beasley's a number three. Uh, Terrence Williams is a number three. So this is one of those. Wide receiver course that doesn't really have a true number one wide receiver, and I don't think they have a quarterback that can make it that way. Throw in the fact that they lost their best safety net in Jason Witten, and this isn't good for them. I think Alan Hearns is their number one. He's their number one, but we'll he's be, not a number one. No, but I think that'll be good enough for them. I think it'll he'll probably bring what Des brought for them. Jason you Witten you being think Tavon gone. Austin is a number one wide receiver. He gets paid like one. Oh, he's so good on the field when he's doing okay. special teams. Supposedly. Records for the Cowboys. Um, Kevin, start us off. Uh, I'm hoping they go nine and seven, just good enough for the clapper to get fired. All right, I'm at seven and nine. Nathan and I are twinning today, seven and nine. All right, let's head over to Washington, where the Redskins last season went seven and nine. They added Alex Smith, Pernell McPhee, and Paul Richardson. They lost Junior Gillette, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Grant, Terrell Pryor, Kendall Fuller. They drafted Darius Geis, Deron Payne, and Troy Apke. I'm gonna go first on Washington. It's like. This roster is very similar to the one they had last year. So, so like, I'm just – so, like, in last year I was like, this team's not that bad, but they're, like, not great. So, I, I'm i in the same spot I was last year where I think they're, like, fine. Um, I tried really hard not to overrate them. To make it easy for myself, I just gave them the same record as last year because I was like, this is not very different. So, I just put them at 7 and 9 again. You, no, you, uh, <laughs> really, you are a huge Alex Smith believer. I am the Alex Smith truther. Talk, talk I, about why that is. I mean, he's not <laughs> – I can't ever say he's not young again because he wasn't accurate. good when he was young. He yeah, was, he's accurate. He was very good at last year in that Kansas City offense on deep ball throws. And, and uh, 
He's good at thro- uh, throwing guys, it, throwing two guys in traffic, which is like Josh Doxson's specialty. So like, I'm really excited to see how he works with these wide receivers. And you know, I'm a Josh Doxson like truther. Yes, so you I'm are. like excited to see them work together. The thing about this roster is one, it's incredibly thin. If this roster can get savaged by injuries so fast, uh, they have no depth anywhere. And then the other thing is that, uh, like, I'm not crazy about any position group on this team. Like, it's like all like above average but there's nothing i'm like oh that's the thing they're super great at um i don't there's nothing that's hard for me to point out i guess running backs darius geis and chris thompson could be really special and if um, rob kelly's your third running back that's pretty good yeah and that or yeah or samaje p ryan yeah exactly um, those are both like fine running backs. so, so like if they're run, if geis really emerges uh, and becomes like a really good running back and they can really get something going on the ground maybe this team can exceed that seven and nine i have them at maybe they could be like eight and eight or nine and seven but uh, I, for me, it was just easier to just be like, this team's going to be pretty much the same as last year. Kevin, uh, Darius Geis, well, give us give us quick scouting report. Uh, Darius Geis, he is a hard runner. Um, a lot of people would say that he sh- that he upshowed uh, Leonard Fournette in Fournette's senior year. He had a good season in the SEC last year. He can do it all with the ball in his hands. It's hard to say what he can do in the pass-catching game because of the way the LSU runs their offense. So it's hard to say how complete of a running back he is. Yeah, and a lot of people compare him to uh, our favorite hero, uh, Marshawn Lynch. They say he's like the, the next that kind of runner. I think he's more reckless with his body than Lynch was, and that's what worries me about him. He's gotten banged up a couple of times. Lynch didn't really get banged up. Lynch knew how to deliver a hit without hurting himself. How Luckily, many... Washington has the depth to, like, you know, spell him and not make it just guys all day, you know. Yeah, and they don't shut Chris Thompson out for no reason, despite him being their best running back. Yeah, Chris Thompson's so good. He's so good. He's just five foot seven. It's, like, scary. So what do you think about the team, Eric? Um... <clears throat> As I'm choking on my own spit over here, I think it all kind of hinges on the running game. Like we talked about, Chris Thompson is kind of underused for this team. Darius Geis, I'd like to know how many carries we're going to see from him because if it... <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm dying. If this is a guy that can actually carry the ball for them on a regular basis or if they can actually involve Chris Thompson or if they can use them as a one-two punch and actually care about that and work off that and use Alex Smith, I think this team could be really good. I think they could get to 10 wins. That's their ceiling this year. I don't see that happening, though. And this is going to really upset you, Nathan. And it sounds like I'm getting upset. But Alex Smith, I don't know, man. That guy's been healthy for a long time. And I'm wondering if this year he is... uh, I don't know. He could be due for something. I'm going to get emotional. You're saying he's old? Like <laughs> he is. He is football old. He's only 34, man. That's not that old for a quarterback. Come uh, on. He's kind of fresh because he spent the first 20 years uh, on the bench with injuries, but he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. Dude, last season was by far the best season of his career too. Uh, 104.7 rating, 26 touchdowns versus five interceptions, eight yards per attempt, over 4,000 passing yards for the first time. Like last year, I really thought he was very good. And I'm not and saying that's part that of why, maybe that's part of why I'm so into him is because he finally had like that breakthrough season we've been waiting for for 13 years. Well, I'm not saying he can't keep the wisdom he learned, but is Andy Regan his coach again this year? He's got, but he's got Gruden the younger, bro. Here's the thing. The thumb. I really like their passing game. They have a good offensive line built around Trent Williams at left tackle. I think Garen Christian could come in and challenge Morgan Moses for the right tackle spot. Brandon Sheriff's still really good. They've got Josh Doxon, Jamison Crowder, and Paul Richardson, which is a really good top three wide receivers. And then you have to consider Jordan Reed in there. You have to look at Chris Thompson as a running back, Vernon, who's exceptional in the passing game. Vernon Davis, too, who is, like, fine. Vernon Davis, who will definitely step in well because Jordan Reed can never stay healthy for a complete season. Yeah, it's a really interesting offense. I hate their defense. Jonathan what? Allen doesn't get pressure. Deron Payne doesn't get pressure. They don't need uh, that. They don't need those Matt guys. Ioannidis doesn't get pressure. My boy Ryan Kerrigan going to get 13 sacks again. And McPhee, they kind of stacked up in one spot. Like I'm, I'm not crazy about their pass rush. I'm not crazy about Orlando Scandrick. Uh, so what you're looking at, Josh Norman, who they can just throw away from, and DJ Swearinger, who may or may not be able to hold down the fort outside of that Arizona defense. I don't believe in this defense. I think it is a slightly above average offense and a below average defense, which makes for a slightly below average team. I have them at six and ten, gentlemen. Ooh. I also I'm, have them at six and ten. So six and ten, six and ten, seven and nine. O- over. Over six, even though I only picked them for seven. <laughs> I just did that because it was easy, you know, Let's just move to take, take these man. Giants. Okay. 
the Giants. They added Michael Thomas, the linebacker, not the good one. Uh, Cody Latimer, <laughs> Nate Solder, Alec Ogletree, John Stewart. They lost Ross Cockrell, Dominique Rogers, Cromarty, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin Kennard, Justin Pugh. They drafted Saquon Barkley, Will Hernandez, Lorenzo Carter, and B.J. Hill. Last year they went three and thirteen. Can I give you some good news, bad news, real quick? You know, what, I'm going to give one of their wins to the to the uh, Redskins right now. So I'm, I'm bumping the Redskins up to eight and eight. I'm bumping the Giants down by one one unknown win. Kevin, here we go. Here we go. I'm already, I'm already doing it. So, uh, good news, bad news. What? Uh, good news, your new head coach is Pat Shermer. That's pretty good. Bad, not bad. bad news. Bad news, your new offensive coordinator is Mike Shula. Yep, that's it. That's, that's a big part. <laughs> that's bad news. Yeah, I just, I I don't know. This team is, like, really weirdly constructed. Like, I Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Odell Beckham, <laughs> good. Very good. Eli, Left side of your offensive line, Nate Solder and Will Hernandez. Good. Good. Very good. good. Right Quarterback, side. Eli Manning, <laughs> bad. Very bad. Right uh, side of your offensive line, John, John Jerry, Eric Flowers. Very bad. Doesn't seem good. No, it's like it's like this team is like it's it's like um schizophrenic. It's, it's like, Jekyll and Hyde in every way. Snacks year. Harrison and Olivier Vernon. Oh, seems good. good. Seems good. Kerry Martin and Dalvin Tomlinson. Eh. The Dalvin Tomlinson, I think, definitely could be good. Could be but good. Here's the thing. There's still time. Behind them, you need BJ Hill to step up so that it's BJ Hill, Avery Moss. Someone Ooh, named nope. Robert Ooh. Thomas, nope. possibly a carry win. They're, like they're, there is no depth on this D line. Yeah, and they're gonna play like some kind of hybrid three four, is what I've read. Like I started looking up because I their personnel is so odd. So I was like, they have to be playing a three four. And then so now they have the three fourth like one point three five linebacker. Yeah, they have line. Olivier Vernon who's never played linebacker. They're, Lorenzo Carter who can't cover. Alec Ogletree, who's fine but often hurt, and then they have to hope Ray Ray Armstrong can play or BJ well Goodson. or BJ Goodson. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems Badson. Yeah, and <laughs> their their corners are all right. Eli Apple's obviously like a malcontent; like he hates being there. But I think their cornerbacks are decent. I feel like Jenkins. We have to hope that uh, what's happened at his homestead has not affected his mental state too much. But you know, we got a lot of time before the season begins. I think Eli Apple could take a, a big step forward this year in his maturity. They also have Tennessee's former nickelback, which doesn't make me feel good. I don't know what a Curtis Riley is. But they play whoever they are. They were not good enough to be a starting corner I think, for Tennessee. I think William Gay. I think William Gay is going to be their slot corner. I would hope. Yeah, and that's also not great. It's not I mean, great. That's fine. It's very functional. He'll know where he's supposed to be on the field. Okay. So here's one thing, Kevin: is they had fourth round pick. They spent it on Kyle Loletta. Is when last year they spent a third round pick on a project quarterback. What? So can one? Can you tell us which of these two quarterbacks you like better, Kyle Loletta or Davis Webb? Uh, so Davis Webb has the bigger arm, Kyle Lalletta is more accurate. Based on the type of quarterback that I like, I tend to like Kyle Lalletta's style a little bit more. But the thing I kind of like is they spent a third and a fourth, and there's a good chance one of them will shake out. I think on their roster they have the quarterback that will be there after Eli Manning. And I'm going to get to this in just a second when we do records, but this team will go as far as Eli Manning is capable of taking them. All right. Um, before uh, – I have the, the the Giants improving by two wins to five to five and eleven. Ouch. Okay, uh, which I mean that they were really bad last year. Let's be honest. What do you think, Eric? Uh, I like where we're all around the same ballpark on all these teams. I mean, Nathan and I agreed for the first two teams. Kevin, you and I agreed for the second. We were, Nathan and you know we we're all only off by one. Uh, Nathan has them at five wins. I have them at four. And that was because I was like, they have Saquon Barkley, their offensive line, <laughs> like you said, the left the left should hold together, the right's pretty bad. I, I feel like I had to give him one more win. But that's me. What about you? Okay. So I feel like I have to defend this, so I'm gonna Oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna Kevin's do, got him at nine wins. I'm gonna do Nathan's favorite thing where I deep drive I at a roster that soon. he hates. I spoke oh, too soon. No. So uh, Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, Odell Beckham Jr. Those are your top three wide receivers. I think everyone in this room can agree that is a solid wide receiver core. It's a very good um, core. It's n- no, no. Odell Beckham is great. Yes, Sterling Shepard is Sterling a Shepherd slot is receiver. A, is, a, is a good slot receiver. And he's if, a. I do not like Cody Latimer as a number two. I like Cody Latimer about as much as I like Paul Richardson. I think he's oh, fine. Richardson's way better. I'm going to go in the middle there. I think he's fine. But all three of those guys together, that is a four out of five and, receiving. And and you can tell Eric Flowers could... flipping to the right side might do him some good. And John Jerry was passable last year. So you're looking at a 
offensive line that has a clear weak spot at right tackle, but is otherwise a, a functioning to above average offensive line. Uh, Evan Ingram is a good pass catcher. Evan Ingram is going to be a star. Sa- between Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Stewart, you should be able to make a functioning running game, and Wayne Gallman as your third running back is not a terrible thing to go with Saquon Barkley. Also, let's By the go way, with, well, hold on. With running back, Jonathan Stewart. Very underrated back. He's What's their the, number two. Isn't he already What's injured? the most receptions Cody Possibly. Latimer's had in a season, Kevin? Uh, 28. 19. Whatever. The, the, how can you say that guy's number better, better has, than Paul Richardson? Has he had... Or as good as Paul Richardson? He was behind Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. And Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls. And also, you see who is playing quarterback for them? Not all the seasons. He's been in the league for four years. And all the other seasons are under 10. So this know. is his second Manning as a quarterback. Got it. Go ahead. Keep In going. In the twilight years. Okay. I think BJ Hill is good enough to step up. So you're looking at a... In my mind, I think they have a really good chance of their defensive, uh, their starting three defensive linemen being B.J. Hill, uh, Snacks Harrison, and Dalvin Tomlinson, <laughs> which for a 3-4, that's a really interesting 3-4. There's a lot of power in that. And for interior guys, uh, Tomlinson and B.J. Hill can get a little bit of pass pressure. Uh, I think the linebackers are a big question mark. I really like Landon Collins. I think Eli Apple might be doing better with this team this year. Thank I think you. there's been a change in the locker room that could do them some good. Because Eli Apple wasn't known as a malcontent before he got to New York. So, with all that in mind, I think that they are an 8-8 eight and eight team. Ooh, you had him really high. You should, <laughs> Nathan's you should, just shaking you should his start, head. You should start betting that, because I'm pretty sure you can get them there over-under at, like, six and a half so like get on get on that the eight and eight yep eli manning sucks dude when was in the past, kevin's deep dive the has told you that he's seasons, won two super bowls five seasons how many times has eli manning won eight games once once yeah he's there they've been bad for like five years i don't know i'm just done with eli manning i it's he's like in the Bortle zone for me of like quarterbacks I have literally no trust in. I at think all. they put up. I think they have a considerably better offensive line, and I think getting some of their players back healthy is going to be a big upgrade. If you drop, like I also like Drew their Brees coaching staff a lot more. If you drop Drew Brees onto this roster, I'd probably be like right there with you, like eight and eight, nine and seven. But I just can't. So do it. the comment that I made was. This team I have higher, but it's completely based on where their quarterback can get them. I, I think that they could get to eight and eight. So I decided to take their ceiling. All right. Sounds good to me. Um, send in your your records or for the AFC East. Are we way off on any of these teams? Do you love the Cowboys, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> if you do, direct, sorry. Direct direct call out. Um, Actually, no. You should like our pick because we're getting Jason Garrett fired. Yeah, if you're a seriously. Cowboys fan, you should want this. Yeah, it should be, it's, it's Your time. body should be it's ready. It's so over. Um, yeah, that's basically it for the uh, a- NFC East. So let's head into the old uh, Zona de Dinero. See. Okay. Uh, if you like the Seahawks Nest podcast and you would like to throw some cash our way, you can head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can join our legion of patrons uh, and so, Forrest, we still need to know what movie we have to watch. Please tell us what movie we have to watch. Uh, but these these patrons help us keep going. They give us their uh, their hard-earned cash to upgrade our podcasting equipment. I need to upgrade my speakers so that you don't get that weird cracking sound every once in a while. You know, that the, the kind of stuff we need. So uh, f- our patrons, Forrest, the aforementioned Forrest, Lucas, Carrie, Mike, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Tom, Michelle, Josh, Brett, Brian, William, Russell, uh, Kevin, Cody, Kimberly, and new new patron, Nick. All right. Welcome aboard, Nick. Welcome aboard, Nick. Nick picked no, Thanks, no Nick. reward, which is like, um, I don't even know. He's man. doing this out of it's the like, kindness like, of his like heart. It's just goodness of heart. Or actually, actually, he probably had a number in mind, and then he just, <laughs> I didn't have a tier on that number. So, whatever, man. I'm, all the rewards are coming. All the uh, exclusive content I'm going to try to put on here. Uh, during the regular season, we record a whole extra podcast that goes with this with our picks and such. Yep. So I um, will get my uh, I will get my previously promised uh, uh, Delano Hill. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna get on there. I'm gonna get those. Uh, actually, those Cam Chancellor things will be up there tonight. 
So be on the lookout for a me, a video of me watching Cam Chancellor plays with you. <laughs> My top five favorite Cam Chancellor plays. It's like I'm watching in, with you. In the all 22 view, though, so it should be really fun. All right, uh, this this is going to be a shorter episode, boys. We're at, we're at, um, oh, I forgot to tell people what to do if they don't have any money. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll make it a little longer. <laughs> Especially with this long intro. It's fun. If it's fun. Oh, man. Okay. So, so uh, if you don't have any money and you're like, hey, I don't have any money and I just would like to support the CX podcast, there's lots of ways you can do so. You can you invested to- in Bitcoin at its peak and now you are, you are hurting. Yeah, you uh, you can head over to facebook.com slash Seahawks Nest, or the Seahawks Nest. You can head over to twitter.com slash Seahawks Nest. You can get go onto iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Store, whatever your favorite app is, and give us five-star ratings. It seems silly, but it helps so, so much. Also, if you, uh, if you want us to, uh, if you're a patron subscriber and there's something you want us to talk about in this zone, um, just let me know. I'm, I'm uh, in the off-season. I'm looking for things to add. To this portion of the podcast kevin this week now we can go movies ready yep. ross and marshall thurber the director of easy a and really yep that's a fine movie yeah you didn't you didn't know that i uh, had no idea he also directed uh let me see wait wait there's some weird ones on here central intelligence which you like very much we're the millers um i didn't i didn't hate it yeah it's a very average movie yeah it was the, it was there um so the this director is going to take a, a, a move into action. He's going to direct the movie Skyscraper. But we're not going to talk about Skyscraper, although we can give a quick thoughts here. Um, I think it looks like a kind of a callback to Die Hard era action movies, and I think even though it is dumb, it will be fun. I think someone <laughs> took an 80s action movie and made it into a Mad Lib, and then that was how they wrote the script for this movie. It does so, have The Rock as an amputee. This is the story of a... Whatever insert job that could involve someone who's tough or ex-police military. In a... He is in a insert noun that is unusual and vast facility. Pizza Hut. He needs to save his family. Poop. Uh, all right, but we're it's not going to talk about Ross and, Ma- Ross and Marshall Thurber's new movie. We're going to talk about his oldest movie. That's uh, his, fir- his directorial debut. And arguably his most beloved. Uh, and that is, I would say, Easy A. Oh, he's an actor in. Well, I'm saying by the masses. Dire- oh, he didn't direct EZA. He was an actor in it. Oh, well, right. that makes that sense. That just got weird. All right, so anyway, Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story. That is the full title. Nate was not just giving his opinion there. Uh, Dodgeball: <laughs> A True Underdog Story. First of all, is it's Dodgeball like too nutty by Is nature. Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story the best sports movie since the year 2000? No, Eric, prove me wrong. Well. I'll say this to start things off. If there was ever a terrible sequel to old school, it would be Dodgeball. Moneyball. If ever there was an excellent sequel to Heavyweights, it was Dodgeball. That's a fact, because that's the same person. It's the same character Ben Stiller's playing. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I've, Kevin, that's a great point. Moneyball is better than Dodgeball. And it even has ball in the name, so you can't argue it's not a sports movie. My uh, my favorite sports movie. Draft mo- day. I'll, I'll give my favorite. You know what? <laughs> no. Teaser. Concussion. Teaser. I'll give my favorite sports tell movie. Tell the truth, Nathan. Tell the truth. All right, truth. fine. I'll tell the truth. My favorite sports movie is The Wrestler. Yes. Okay, hey, The Wrestler. Uh, it's really good. It's It tells the, the sports story. Million uh, Dollar Baby. Perfect. Creed. But Come on, dude. This is easy. Dodgeball, Dodgeball is a is a really good sports movie. Uh, it's solid. It's yes. fun. It's fun. It, it hits all those like it classic. Might be the best sports comedy. It hits all those classic like sports comedy beats, like uh, like an old school kind of like um, Caddyshack or something. Basketball, you know? basketball, like a just a corny like funny. It's not exactly gross out, but it, your teenager will like it. Yeah, yeah. and your now thirty year old will Some still like it. Humor. So I watched this movie like last week. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when you have an infant in your home all day. I, I watched this uh, two weeks ago, like uh, parts it's, of it. It's this been on your Eric. It's been on USA <laughs> I, uh, quite a bit. Uh, Eric, what did you think about it in your rewatch? Uh, honestly, the first time I saw it, I thought it was overrated. Uh, in recent years, I still really like Ben Stiller's performance. He's silly enough where, like, the silly gags of him, you know, uh, when he gets slapped in the face, he has a, a big, re- like, one of his big bodyguards pick him up on a Vespa. Yes. And he gets on the back and drives. This is just funny to me. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, like everyone talks about that line, but him getting on the Vespa is just, that's such classic performance. I saw him when he's having sex with pizza. <laughs> you guys had to remind me of that scene. Pretty much any scene private time. with Ben Stiller is, uh, it's a keeper scene, but I don't know, his his then wife in the movie, the female lead, 
I I feel like she's just in it to be like the the hot blonde love entrance to Vince Vaughn. I don't outside of parts of old school. I don't really understand Vince Vaughn's comedy and being so popular. There's it's a Ben Stiller thing. I think it's not the Vince Vaughnness. It's the yeah. Ben but people talk about dodgeball and they talk about Vince Vaughn. They're making a mistake because it's everybody else that makes this movie good. Yeah, so, all the yeah. all the side actors are really good. Like, ben Stiller playing a villain is always good. Justin Long. It's still still when he was in movies. Alan Tudyk, yeah. great great actor who has bit parts uh, all the time. Kevin, Kevin the Pirate. Uh, that is a very the guy who plays Stephen Root. Who's hold amazing. on, wait, hold on. You just talking. Uh, I want to go back to uh, Steve the Alan Tudyk. He is uh, a very underrated character actor. He's not usually a comedian, and he plays a great role in this as Steve the Pirate, a, a nutty role that is really kind of underappreciated he's a comedic character actor which is not a yeah. common uh thread what is what is his uh favorite performance of mine recently kevin i don't know what's your favorite recent k2so and rogue one okay there you go that was him yeah uh the giant robot but like you said steven root another great character actor who can do comedy uh, and then Rip Torn as Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> which they were like how do we get a dumber name than Rip Torn aha Patches O'Houlihan. I'll say this. A lot of the gags that I thought were really funny. Like, like I thought that whole ESPN the Ocho thing was so funny the first time I saw this movie. And it did not play like it did the first time. Mostly because ESPN's had to fold in on itself a lot in the last, like, ten years. Yeah, maybe it's because, like, parodying ESPN, it's like, you can't even parody it anymore. Like It's it's become the parody. You can turn on ESPN and watch, like, Spike Ball and, like, Cornhole and, like, stuff like also, that. Also, I gotta say this about Jason that. Jason Bateman was in this movie, because of course he was. Well, I was gonna say, that ESPN gag, what I think fails, is that Jason Bateman is the color analyst, and he, you can kind of tell he's ad-libbing, and he's not extremely funny, and then who's playing the straight man, the guy with all the lines? Uh, Gary Cole. Gary Cole, such a great actor, extremely underused Bold in that part. choice, Cotton. Yeah, he's he's just kind of there. And he's he's a wonderful character actor, comedic Hank character Azaria actor. Azaria played young Patches O'Houlihan. What? Wow. <laughs> Nathan, what do you think when you rewatched like, it? Like, like I said, I thought the gags didn't play quite as good as they did the first time. Like everything with that like uh, unibrow lady, I was like just not. I was those were not funny to me anymore. Yeah. Uh, the Ocho stuff was not. But as when funny you as saw it, you were Steve what, the 14? Pirate. See the Pirate, still really funny. Uh, 2004, I was like 16, okay. 17. So that's that explains why it doesn't play as well Stephen for Stephen Root playing like the ultimate underdog doof, still good. Um, I, I thought all the stuff built around the actual gym was very funny because it was a lot of like realistic gym gags. Like uh, clearly Ben Stiller is running Planet Fitness and it was funny the way that they would draw the parallels. All right, you guys want me to read a couple Amazon reviews for you because I like doing this? Yes, yeah, one it. One star. Harsh. Horrible movie, far too sexual by Rebecca Gardner. Horrible movie. It's all caps, by the way. Far too sexual, not funny, and we didn't even finish it. Waste of money. I do not know why Ben Stiller thinks sexual junk is supposed to be so funny. It appeals to a certain type of audience, and that right there can make a mo- make a movie break or make it. You know, uh, right. you know who didn't forget about the pizza sex scene, <laughs> Jennifer. Uh, did she even get there? That was a little further in the movie. Mm, she Here's the thing. It, Kevin. I, I'm wondering what she saw that she was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie. And then that's her review. Uh, was it? That'd be like if she was like, Ooh, this guy, what's your review for Harry Potter? This guy said, too much magic. Too much witchcraft. Not silly enough to be funny like Zoolander, but not serious enough to be plausible. That's, uh, a, that's a reasonable review for someone who generally doesn't like the movie. Uh, yeah. Well, five stars, Kevin. Here we go. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Favorite line, I dare you not to watch it now. I don't even need to read the rest of the view. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I dare you not to watch it. That I is dare the, you. That is the same person as the person who thought it was overly sexual, just on the opposite uh, yeah, end of the side. Besides, but, no, that's after they, 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 what happened is they watched it, they wrote that overly sexual review, then they got high, then they watched it again. <laughs> Have you ever watched Dodgeball on weed? <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, uh, Dodgeball. You're right, Kevin. Like a lot of these, uh, Stephen Root and Alan Tudyk and Justin Long, they all did a really good job. Um, and Rip Torn, yeah, it's the main and, actors who let Anytime Ben me down. Stiller plays a villain, you're in for a treat. Heavyweights, great actually, kids movie. Yes. I don't know. I thought it was like too much in this movie, almost like just the uh, uh, like the way he's like doing. I don't. It know. It is over the top, but I think the problem is Vince Vaughn is so 
laid back, understated. Yeah, yeah exactly. That it he's just really, kind of a smartass. Well, he doesn't play off of it as well. Like it's supposed to be a contrast in styles, but it ends up just leaving. Ben- it's like a, it's like when you're watching two wrestlers in the ring, and one of them like throws the punch but doesn't connect it very well, and the other one just sells the hell out of it. So the person selling it ends up just looking stupid because the other person did not throw a punch that looked convincing. Like Vince Vaughn is not throwing a convincing enough punch for the for the fall that Ben Stiller is selling. By the way, I looked up like real things that ESPN has put on lately to like because to show that it's a parody world of itself. Championship of darts, firefighters world challenge, ultimate trampoline dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> spike wow. ball, I, uh, spike ball, and cornhole were both real things. D- they've shown disc golf on Sports Center. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's it's As your dad. Th- that's watched. why I think that gag didn't play for me. It's just like it is too real. <laughs> yeah, it went from a joke to plausible. It's like it's like I didn't realize this was a documentary. That is why Idiocracy will soon be unwatchable. Uh, it was also the worst gag between the two when it was almost the exact same gag that basketball pulled about half a decade earlier. Where they had the joke about consecutive sock hops, yeah. and yeah. it just it, they didn't pull the gag as well. Like if you're gonna steal something, you gotta pull it better. All right, uh, all right. So uh, there's our medium review on dodgeball. Now here's my thing: I wanted us all to give one one sports movie recommendation, sports comedy recommendation that you guys could give. To maybe you think this movie's a little better than Dodgeball. Maybe this is your perfect ten out of ten sports comedy. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, I know Kevin probably has one that jumped to mind right away, so I'm gonna let Kevin go first. Uh, Kevin, what's your what's your favorite sports comedy? Okay, so I'm gonna recommend a movie that because see, there's movies that are on that comedic line, like for instance, A League of Their Own. Very funny movie, but not really a comedy. Same with. Uh, um, Bull Durham, very funny movie, not really a comedy, more of a drama. So, if you're asking me for one that really genuinely is a comedy, I'm gonna go with a movie that I think I'm gonna catch some heat for. But Scott Bakula's Necessary Roughness. Okay. This movie is late '80s, early '90s gold. It has Sinbad in it. <laughs> I'm in. Who plays a professor turned defensive line? And it is basically about like. <laughs> Ah, oh, Sinbad is a professor. It is a down so and out, uh, like left Texas A and T type situation, where Scott Bakula was the quarterback who had a great shot, but never. Uh, but you know, his dad died or something. He had to take over the farm, so he never got a chance to do it. And so he ends up coming back, and like they lure him back because he has eligibility left. And this is actually kind of where that trope came from. And so he ends up. Uh, like leading this ragtag bunch to like their first win in like nine seasons. And of course the athletic director is trying to collapse the football team. So he wants them to lose every game because I think the whole thing was uh, this came out just after the SMU scandal. Mm -hmm. And so the school had been given the death penalty. And so they had to have like the, the clean straight lace guy uh, as the coach. And then they're trying to bury the football program. And that's the whole basis of it. So it's this kind of fun, odd movie. It's definitely a time capsule, but of those like late '80s, early '90s, I like it the most, probably. Uh, I see Nathan's going over his uh, this you know top twenty-five sports comedies ever made. So Eric, why half, is it basketball? Half those, <laughs> half these movies on that list, Nathan, I don't even think are comedies. Correct. That's correct. Uh, I will okay. say for me immediately, I I'll probably catch heat for this, and it's probably showing that I'm you know close to a decade older than the guys in this room. Major League. I watch it every year. It's a good one. That is an it's, amazing movie. I thought Kevin was going to pick Major League or the movie I'm going to say for sure. Here's the thing. It's it's great top to bottom. I wasn't worried you guys were going to pick. It's funny. The character acting is great. Uh, it's very quotable. There's many different people doing many different things. It involves baseball and a movie, something I absolutely love. And I had Wesley Snipes before we hated him. And Charlie Sheen. And Charlie Sheen really before good. we hated him. Uh, and Corbin Birdson before he faded away. Before he was um, on psych. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, I, I'll just quote one little thing. Uh, Vagisil. So my... Uh, Vaseline. <laughs> if the umps are watching me close, I just... My movie is 19... Stick with that jalapeno in my nose. 1996. You put snot on the ball? 
Is this count as sports? Because it's 1996's bowling classic. So you will Kingpin. Uh, that's which, is the, which is the one I movie I thought. Here's the thing that counts, Nathan, because it is the greatest bowling movie of all time. You know what's also about that movie? My favorite thing of that whole dumb movie. That's, There's two running gags that are amazing. Okay, go <laughs> for it. Poops in the urinal. Uh, <laughs> you have to explain everything to me. Uh, so oh, the first one, and I also I was hoping you'd pick this one. That's why I didn't pick it. But uh, the first running gag is um, that's where I, that's where I got this. Oh that yeah yeah band, yeah. The ring. He took me out back and he gave me this. He gave you that ring? No, not the ring, the hand. <laughs> that back and forth running gag. And the other one is the, uh, the Amish do everything 150% more. Yeah. So he bowled 15 frames, which is where he got the numbers from and everything. Those those are two really good jokes. Yeah. Uh, the the Ishmael, the, the Randy Quaid <laughs> character, is really funny. as just kind of like the idiot. And then um, just Bill Murray in this movie as... Big, Big Earn McCracken <laughs> is so awesome. It's just so when he so shoots the good. commercial with the single mom. Yes, yes. And he's just the sleaziest guy ever. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's got a it's got a good like uh, like lesson to it. And I I don't know. It's it's like surprisingly like heartfelt for like a movie made by the guys who made Dumb and Dumber. Fairly Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's, the, it's the best Fairly Brothers movie, period. Yeah, yeah. so, all right. Uh, if you disagree with Kevin about that or you, anything else, please let us know on Twitter. Okay, fine. I thought, you got someone, I thought Eric was going to do basketball. So, really no, quickly. I, it's fun. So, basketball is really fun because it is a straight-up parody. It is purposefully parodying, whereas I think the two movies that you guys mentioned are both funny movies because they are very good comedies that have uh, sports-centric themes. What basketball is doing is it is intentionally making fun of how ridiculous sports movies are. It creates false drama. It makes fun of sports in general. And if you like South Park and you haven't seen the movie, you should see it because it is that sense of humor all over. Yeah. All right. There. Now we can go home. We'll see you next week. And screw the water boy. It's not a very funny movie. Go Hawks. At me. You can do it. Good time, bro.